finding him in the hymns. Uh, we don't do hymns very often here. Um, and it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with old hymns, okay? Don't think I'm against hymns. Uh, but when the Holy Spirit started dealing with me about this, there's, there's things that we miss that are in some of those old ones that are just good, you know? And um, last week we looked at the love of God. Uh, and, and I don't know how many of you knew that old hymn, but that's my, probably my favorite. Um, and so guess what we're going to look at today? The blood. <laughs> See, blood is something that, that's, that's unique. Uh, we've been talking about covenant on Wednesday night and the covenant, of our, the covenant of our salvation, the blessing, the power, the provision that our salvation provides us is all found in the blood of Jesus. And I think sometimes we don't realize how powerful that blood is because it's such, it's, it's a, if you've worked in the healthcare field at all, blood's, blood's a weird thing. Blood, do you know blood has its own smell? If you've ever been around where there's a lot of blood, it's, it, it doesn't have its own smell. And it's weird because in the body it's one color, out of the body it's another color. Once oxygen hits it. Uh, uh, it, it, it has its own feel. There's nothing that quite even feels, uh, feels like blood. And so when we begin to think about how uniquely divine blood is, it makes me wonder how much more was the blood of Jesus. See, there are different parts to our blood that, that, that takes care of us. But first, go to Leviticus chapter uh, 17. Leviticus chapter 17 and we know that Jesus fulfilled the law. We know that we don't need blood covenants anymore. But I love this verse out of Leviticus 17. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. That means in blood there is life. That's how you take a body, you take the blood out. There's no life. So the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your lives, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. And folks, everything about our blood is a mirror to what God is already doing and has done in salvation. Go, if you will, to Matthew chapter 26. Our blood is, is mirrored in the spirit realm. It's from God. He said, I have given it to you. Matthew 26, verse 28. Jesus tells them when they're taking the communion, he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. <coughs> that meant one, <coughs> just so you'll say. Y'all didn't find that as funny as I did? I'm going to sit up here and choke to death and y'all going to look at me. <coughs> now nah, I'm good. Everybody just looking like, oh, this is part of the show. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't turn blue there. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is given to you. Why? For the what? Remission of sins. See, without that blood, Thelma, there's no remission of sin. He, he came and he offered. He willingly offered. I want to give you a, an encouragement, and I don't do this very often. Uh, if, I, if I tell you about a movie, I usually tell you I'm not telling you to watch it. Because, uh, yeah. Um, 
But I will tell you to watch this one. It's called His Only Son. Uh, it, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, Dee and I watched it this week, and we just sat on our couch and cried and, and shouted and rejoiced. And it's, it's about this covenant, and there's a part in it. I'm just going gonna, gonna to ruin part of it for you. Is that okay? Linda, is that all right? There's a part where Abraham runs in, and he's covered in blood. And Sarah's looking at him like, what happened to you? What happened to you? He's, and he says in there, God has made himself a covenant. And it, it, you got to understand that God made this covenant. God offered his own blood. We didn't de- deserve it. We didn't demand it. We didn't have a right to demand it, Zach. It says that he offered it. And he tells his disciples here, he says, this is the blood of the new covenant, which I have given to you for the remission of sins. It was his to give. It wasn't ours to take. We didn't take his life. He willingly gave it. And because of that blood, it is given the remission of sin. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll get into it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For you know that you were not redeemed from your vain way of life, inherited from your fathers with perishable things like silver and gold. You weren't redeemed with things that perish. So what were we redeemed with? Verse 19. But the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, everything about this relationship that we have with God revolves around blood. And people say, well, I don't like to think about the blood and it's kind of gross, but it's so necessary It is so necessary that we understand. But first, I think we need to understand our blood. Before we can understand what his blood did for us, we need to know a little bit about what our blood does. The first thing about our blood that I want to bring out to you today is you have what in your body what's called red blood cells. And those red blood cells, have they perform a particular function. And without them, you're in bad shape. And so what do the red blood cells do? They, uh, red blood cells, they contain what's called hemoglobin. And it's a molecule that grabs onto life-giving oxygen. It courses through your body and, and runs through your lungs. Got x-ray tech here. When it goes through your lungs, you can see that red blood cells will go and it grabs oxygen and it takes oxygen to parts of the body that's dying. Because every part of your body is dying. It's producing waste. Every part of our body produced waste. So it contains a a molecule that that grabs oxygen and carries it and gives it to part of the bodies that's dying because they've been producing waste. Every cell in your body produces waste. We exhale it. It's called what, Lana? Carbon dioxide. So our red blood cells run through our lungs, grabs what gives life, and takes it to parts of our body that's producing waste. Something that no one else needs. Something that is not good for anything but trees. And we exhale that waste. And it comes out in other, other, other places too. Uh, and what it does is it carries that and expels it from the body. And I thought about that. How much of my life have I spent just producing waste? I just produced the waste that wasn't good for anything. 
and I needed something that was going to come in, grab the waste that I was producing. It's going to exchange life for my waste. It's going to take what is useless and bring me what is needed. See, what Jesus' blood did for you and I, it took the waste that we were producing, all the junk, and it exchanged a life-giving life of Jesus and exchanged it for the very life of God and exchanged our waste for it. Blood is special. It's something that, that we, have to, we have to have. And this blood of Jesus, this is how I know my blood mirrors his life. Because my life was producing waste until the blood. And the blood carried all that away. Go to Revelation. I know we think Revelation, everybody's thinking about the end of the world. You need to read the first couple verses of Revelation. You'll know what it's really about. Quit looking for the end of the world in it. It says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It reveals Jesus. Quit looking for the enemy. Come on, somebody needs to get in there. He says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler and the, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What did he do? He took my waste-producing life. And he washed it completely clean. And just like my red blood cells keep the rest of my body oxygenated, so the very Spirit of God has washed over me. He washed me with his own blood. And in that very thing, all our sin, <laughs> all that sin completely washed away. It's not, he can't produce any. Verse 6, and has made us, Look what that washing does. It exchanges wastes and creates kings. It exchanges wastes and, create pre and creates priests and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. So be it. What did he do? He took somebody who was producing nothing but waste and he made a king. He took someone who was doing, you say, well, I was never that bad and your life was still a waste without him. Without him, it's still just a waste. But there, was a come, there came a time on a cross when he washed us. Go to Colossians. He took my waste and made a king. And I don't care who you are. This is what our life produces without blood. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, he says, And he has delivered. That's past tense words there. Understand that. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The very life of God washed over you, grabbed the waste of your life, and produced a king. 
produced a priest. My goodness, folks, do you understand how powerful God has actually made you to be? How, how, how when he washed you, he didn't just say, oh, now you're just not going to hell. He said, no, I am setting you up in my kingdom. I am transferring you from this kingdom and I'm putting you over here into this kingdom. And in this kingdom, you rule and you reign. Well, how can I rule and reign? Because he calls you a king. He calls you a priest. He calls you not only to have dominion over the earth by the blood, but he causes you also to bring worship to him by the blood. See, without that blood, we can't even bring proper worship. But man, the day you said yes, the day you said, okay, I'll take it, was the moment there was an exchange that took place and your life was forever changed, washed, clean, without spot, without wrinkle, without a blemish. And the word says that there is nobody that can bring up charge against you anymore. The very life of God. Go to Micah chapter 7. Oh. <laughs> Micah chapter 7 verse 19. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread down our iniquities. Now some of you need to grab a hold of that one real quick. Because you're trying to continue to overcome your faults. You're trying to continue to overcome your failures. You're continuing running to God and say, God, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. It's not your job to overcome your iniquities. Come on. What's the word tell us right there? And he, again, will have compassion on us. And he will tread down our iniquities. You can't overcome sin on your own. You can't overcome the stuff on your own. So you know whose job it was? It was him. He came as man. He came as humanity. God wrapped himself up in the skin of man and he overcame iniquity on your behalf. Quit trying so hard. Sit back. Enjoy the goodness of God in your life. Enjoy what God has already done in you. He is, you do not have to overcome your iniquities. This is what blood did. It takes your waste and produces life. This is what that blood did. Stop trying to do it yourself. Quit trying to get yourself good enough for God. You're good enough because of God. You all got it. Let's try it over here again. Quit trying to get yourself good enough for God. You are good enough because of God. And he will tread down our iniquities and cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Not only does he tread down, he treads down your iniquities and then he picks them up just like oxygen, the red blood cells when it makes that exchange. It carries back to the lungs so that you can excel, expel all of it. The hardest thing you do to, to get rid of the waste in your life is breathe. The hardest thing you have to do for, to let God get rid of the waste in your life is breathe. Yes. And there's a divine exchange that comes in.
that takes the waste of your life and removes it and casts it into the sea and takes it far, far away. We are this new creation. The waste of sin has been removed from us and we are clean. We are breathing the goodness of God. Oh, folks, this is called good news. See, there's another thing. You not only have, do you have red blood cells, but you have white blood cells. They serve a particular function too. The white blood cells, what they do is they defend the body against bacteria and other enemies. Each one fights the body's enemies in a different way. Some produce antibodies. Some detoxify foreign substances. <laughs> some digest very, the very bacteria that came. And we have to realize that when God shed that blood, well, let's just go. <laughs> We're washed. Go to Isaiah chapter 53. Let's look at the blood. Our white blood cells attacks disease. But when his blood, he said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes. It's the white blood cells happening all over again. When his stripes shed blood, it brought healing to our bodies. We can now believe God that he can detoxify us from substances. He'll eat the bacteria that comes, that everything that our white blood cells would do, when he took stripes on his back, he made a foundation for healing for all mankind. If the foundation is in our DNA, it runs through our body because he created you in his image, after his likeness. And when he said, by his stripes, we are healed. It's necessary that your white blood cells, when, 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 a, when an intruder comes into your body, an infection, a bacteria, a sickness, your white blood cells rush to that place. When cancer comes into your body, your white blood cells actually rush to it. And they immediately begin to eat and fight for your health. You know what the greatest part is? When Jesus took the stripes on his back, not only did that blood cleanse us from our sin, but now when sickness comes... When disease comes, it rushes to our defense. It rushes to fight the very disease that is intruding on our bodies. Such a picture of blood. Such a beautiful, people say, oh, that blood is gross. No, it's beautiful. Because in it, I have the very life of everything that I need. But here's the cool part. Go back to that Isaiah 53, 5. So be, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's a good statement. But now let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live 
unto righteousness. It goes on to say what? If you go on, it says, by his stripes, we were healed. Were. What's the difference between are and were? Past tense. So when did healing come? Healing came at the cross. Well, then why we are not all walking around healed? Because some of us still haven't made the connection between are and were. We're still expecting him to do when he has already done. Amen. Isaiah was looking forward to the cross. Peter was looking back. Isaiah was the point to the cross. This is what will happen. He saw through the years. He saw prophetically through the years. I see the cross. And by his stripes, we are healed. But Peter had a different view. He looked backward. At, see, one was looking to what should be done, what will be done. The other was looking at what was done. He said, by whose stripes, we were healed. We were healed. It's a past tense thing. Maybe if we changed our confession. I don't believe in all that confession stuff. I know. <laughs> but the word tells us the fruit of your lips, a man's life is satisfied. In other words, by what your mouth produces, your life is satisfied. That's what you eat. What if we changed our confession? We say, okay, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Heal me. I'm asking right now by the blood that was, that was Jesus's. By the blood of Jesus. And then from then on, we quit going around. And next time we come around, hey, God, I really would like for you to heal me here. That doesn't have a were viewpoint. That has a now that has an R. What if we just went? Well, yeah, but then you're, you're, you're saying that you're just denying the fact. No, I'm not denying anything. I'm not denying anything that my body's still going through something. But it doesn't change what the Word of God says. By whose stripes we were healed. We forget what he said in Romans chapter 4. We think all the time that he's talking about Abraham in Romans 4 when he said he calls those things that be not as though they were. He wasn't talking about Abraham. It was God who calls those things that be not. So if God calls things that are not as though they existed, oh, come on with me. What is wrong with us who are created in his image after his likeness, washed in his blood, sinless people Stopping you from calling the things that be not as though they were until they come into existence. Mark chapter 11, I don't think it's on the screen, it probably won't be. Mark chapter 11 verse 22 says, Verily I say unto you, have faith in God. For whosoever, verse 23, shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, for whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you received them, that's, that's received them, and you will have them. He's given us permission 
to call and to act like him. He's giving his creation, his sons, his daughters permission to operate just like him. So what are we waiting on? What if we started changing our confession? By whose stripes? Stand up. Stand up, stand up, you. Stand up. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, you've already done more over the years. Just stay right there. You've already done more over the years than what they promised her, more than what the doctor said. You've given her several more already, Lord. And Father, we don't believe that she's done yet. And so, Father, we just thank you and we agree with her right now. And no matter what the doctors continue to say, we speak over her life. We call those things that be not as though they are. We thank you, Father, that health and healing runs through her body. That as white blood cells attack disease, so your blood is right now attacking this thing that's going on with her, her lungs, and even her head. And we declare health, we declare healing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. You got red blood cells that carry away your waste and brings life. You've got white blood cells that attacks disease. Then you have a thing called platelets. Platelets have a particular function. They're small little fragments of cells that clump together and they stick to inner surfaces of the blood vessels. When you get cut and you grab it, there's all these little things in your blood that are rushing to where that wound is. And their whole job is to bind up where you were wounded. Their whole job is to stop the blood. See, what we're doing when we grab, we're cutting off that blood flow, that circulation. It slows it down. But underneath there, there's all these little instances that's going on. And so what they do is they cause it to shrink. And, they, and, they, and, they, and a lot of times the result of the platelets doing their thing is a thing called a scar. You know what a scar is? It's a reminder that you were hurt. It's a reminder that something cut you deep. But it's a reminder that you're healed. That it's not still affecting your body. And we all carry different kind of scars. It doesn't matter what your scar is. Trauma from your past. Trauma from your childhood. It doesn't matter if it's an emotional scar. A physical scar. It doesn't matter what kind of scar that you've got. What, kind, what happened is, is the power and the blessing of God just ran through you to show you it didn't kill you. Amen. And you're still here. Amen. And it doesn't hurt anymore. But you know what my grandma used to tell me? The more you pick that, <laughs> that'll never, never heal. You keep picking it, it won't ever heal. You keep picking it, and it won't. You know what our problem is, Linda? We just keep picking our hurts. We just keep picking at our past. We just keep picking that thing, and we refuse to let it heal. We keep an open wound. See, if I keep an open wound, I'm not letting the platelets that's inside of me, my natural body, do its job. But if I leave it alone, the body's a wonderful thing. Imagine if we just decided today's the day 
I'm going to quit picking this thing. It hurt. Man, you guys have gone through, you, you know, and you can allow that to be open. Some of you who don't know, these guys had to actually flee their country. And we're blessed they're here. But you guys have had, <laughs> you guys have had that opportunity. And you can keep picking it and keep an open wound and keep a sore going. Or you can let the blood completely wash over you and heal the wounds of your past. And that only goes for them with what they've gone through. It's the only for all of us. Because we all have wounds. Go to Psalms 109. Psalms 109. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. That sounds like us all the time. I'm poor and needy. And my heart is wounded. My heart, yeah, you're wounded. Quit picking it. Allow the blood of Jesus. Go before God and say, here I am at the foot of the cross again. Let your blood pour over me. Heal this wound because I can't live with this anymore. It's been hurting too long. And guess what? You'll have every opportunity to pick it. <laughs> he said, for I am poor and needy and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like a shadow in the evening. Tossed as the locusts. My knees are weak through fasting and my body's thin with no fat. I am a reproach to my accusers. When they look upon me, they shake their heads. Man, don't this sound like us? We need to stop this cycle in our life. One, the more you talk, oh, just look straight ahead, okay? The more you talk about this stuff is the longer you keep picking at it. The more you declare how bad you had. That's what David's doing here. He's declaring how bad he had. The more we do that, We'll never allow. But you know what? The only person can stop this cycle and let the very platelets of the blood of Jesus stop the wound in your life is you. Strange concept in today's world. Take responsibility for yourself. Stop picking at it. Let God heal you. And that's what we do. We come before God at home or at an altar or somewhere and we say, okay, God, I'm giving this to you. I never want to pick it up again. I need healed. I need you to bind up this wound within me. I need you to heal this wound. And then we go away and then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, who look, there's a scab there. Let me pick it. And we remember every word. We relive the argument. We relive the hurt, we, whatever that is. We relive it over and over. What can wash it away? Nothing but the blood. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. Look what God promised to you is. For I will restore health to you. I will heal you of your wounds. Amen. 
says the Lord. Because they called you an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man cares for. You ever felt that way? I'm the one who no man cares for. He says, I will heal that wound. I will heal that wound. And I don't know what you're all, everybody in here carries. We all carry something different. Let's quit pretending we don't carry it. First off, if you pretend it ain't there, <laughs> you know, but you can call things that be not as though they are. It's a wound. Now how do we heal? We let the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross, not only does it save us, not only does it heal our bodies, but it also binds up wounds, even the ones where they said, you're an outcast. Micah chapter 7, just a few pages over. Micah chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Micah 7, verses 7 and 8. But as for me, I watch for the Lord. I wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Until you become convinced of that, you'll always pick it. My God will hear me. My God will hear me. My God will hear me. Sometimes you just need to say it enough till you believe it yourself. You don't believe it works? Dee and I worked with a lady that kept saying she was pregnant, 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 until her body actually started looking like she was pregnant. They found out there was no baby there. But she had convinced herself, and so her body reacted. Jesus, heal me. Bind this wound up. I don't want to cry over this no more. I've cried enough tears. I've shed enough. I've, I've wept over this. I, I, I've, I've ran through all the t-shirt, I meant the tissues and, 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 and the washcloths. That's the way a man wipes his face on a t-shirt. I've cried enough over this. Heal my wound and allow him to do it. And keep walking every day saying, I thank you that you heal my wounds. He said, but as for me, I will watch for the Lord. I will wait on the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Verse 8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Although I have fallen, I will arise. And although I dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light unto me. Some of you just need to start telling the enemy right now, enemy, it's time to quit laughing. It's time to quit rejoicing over me because I may be falling right now, but I'm getting up. And I may sit in darkness right now, but the Lord's lighting my way. And it's nothing but the blood of Jesus that binds my wounds and heals me no matter what that wound is. So what are we looking at? We're looking at you, a divine mirror of the reflection of God, even your blood, where your red blood cells, they carry away the waste of your life and they replace it with forgiveness, salvation, it makes kings out of sinners and priests out of the unholy. We've got white blood cells that fights disease. That any intruder that comes into the body of Christ 
I love it when I pray for people for healing. That's if, you, if, if I've ever prayed with you, you've heard me say those words. Sickness, you're an invasion into the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we stand against you. That's what it is. The white blood cells, they run and they tackle disease and they fight it. That's what Jesus' blood did for you. And then finally, you've got the platelets that binds up the wounds and causes healing to come to all parts of your life. What can do this? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. I've got people that's coming to the front right now. And they want to pray with you. So if you're here this morning and you're dealing with anything, if it's sickness, they want to pray. If it's a wound that you're carrying from your past, they want to pray with you. If maybe you've been producing a lot of waste lately and you just need dipped again just for fun, they want to pray with you. So if you want to come, as some of them are already coming, uh, these guys are here to pray. I'll be around for a while. Pastor Ted will be around for a while. We love you. God loves you more. And nothing can cure this like the blood of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you for your blood. We thank you that it changes us. We thank you that it heals us. We thank you that it delivers us. We thank you that it binds up our wounds. And right now, Father, we pray for each and every one that's going to be coming for prayer that you just continue to move in their lives. And Father, for those who are going to carry this home, that you just move in their lives there too and you show them your blood as it covers every part of our body. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen.